0: Hello! Hello, everyone! Welcome back Ah, to another episode of Money Awakenings. I am your host, confidant, guide, and pretty much just the talker. The guy who just rants as we go for a nice stroll Uh, My name is Larry Morrison. I am the financial shaman. And what we do on this podcast, as you should know by now, is we dive into all the limiting beliefs that block money and abundance from flowing. But more than that, we'd also dive into what blocks everything from flowing. What blocks everything from flowing, which is another way of saying what keeps us out of flow, what keeps us out of rhythm, right? What keeps us out of good feelings. Because here's the thing. Everything is about feel in this new way that we're doing things. The old way is to chase money and abundance, and happiness, and the good life, we chase it, because it's away from us, right, and no matter how much we chase, no matter how much we struggle, even if we've made millions of dollars, which I've done, we're still chasing, because it's still outside of us, it's still just around the corner, just around the bend, right on the other side of the uh, what's the grass is always greener on the other side of the fence, right? It's always right out of reach. Sometimes far out of reach. Sometimes we only see how far we have to go and get discouraged. I run across that a lot when I do my talks. People get discouraged at how far they have to go. Like, I have this amazing inspiration for an, an idea and an inspiration for a business or a service or a thing I want to create. But oh my God, look how much I have to do. Look how much I'd, I'd have to grow. I'd have to build a website and I'd have to, oh my God, where are the clients going to come from? Then I have to, oh my God, oh, I'm not even going to get started. So we kill momentum right off the bat. Right? So what stops us from getting into flow? What stops us from the effortless creation? Well, that's one right there, is looking at how far you think you need to go instead of just being here now with what's on your plate today. Purpose, which is what everybody is searching for outside of them, is what's in front of you right now. My purpose right now is to do this podcast, which means to speak from the heart, which means to get into my flow, my zone, and to just be here now with you. I'm not thinking about building an empire, or what this podcast following is going to do for me in the future. <laughs> I'm not thinking about, um, I'm not even thinking about how to make money off of this. I'm just getting practice, getting into flow. And what does that mean? That means detachment from outcome, right? The only way to get lost in the gap, which is what Brene, Ma- Brene Brown calls minding the gap, right? You look at where you are, you're taking stock and hopefully a good awareness of where you are, and seeing where you want to evolve, and you see the gap and that discourages you. Abraham talks about this a lot. <clears throat> Don't look at that. Don't pay attention to it. Do what's on your plate today. Get in the good vibrations today. Right? Even Christ talks about, leave no thoughts for the morrow, because they'll have thoughts of their own. Right? Be here in today. This is your purpose. Is right here, right now. Where else would it be? All of your power resides in the present moment. So why would we be chasing tomorrow? A better tomorrow. And this is what's so fascinating to me. Money's purpose is to get us to our highest calling, our highest excitement, or our heart's calling is the way I usually say it. So our our purpose is right here, right now in front of us. Whatever is on your plate today, and not even the whole plate, not even the whole to-do list, Whatever just in front of you right now, ideally just listening to me, but maybe you're driving or cleaning the house or working or something i don't know while doing this and that's fine i'm not gonna go off on multitasking but my point is your purpose is whatever is in front of you so making your purpose something tomorrow is going to take away the power of today of the now and it's also going to assume that what you want today is going to be the same as what you want tomorrow. Which may or may not be the case. This is why the present moment is so powerful. Because it's fluid, it changes. And while, yes, of course, we're going to draw breath tomorrow, we're going to use money tomorrow, most likely. If tomorrow comes, because it's just a fantasy, it's just a concept. But if things were to change, we have to let go of the attachment that would drive us insane if we thought that it should be the same as today. So your purpose is what's in front of you right now, not your overall heart's calling. And again, even with that, we must let go of outcome. The heart's calling or the highest excitement is the direction in which you're going. It's not the thing you want to accomplish. Right? My heart's calling as of today is to help people drop their unworthiness story. And I do that by dropping my own and leaving breadcrumbs for you to follow. I also put my conscious attention on my clients. Right, and see where they're not good enough story, and unworthiness story, is blocking their wealth from flowing. It's also to understand and communicate the language of unconditional love, that which we are. Right, that's the that's the that's my heart's calling, as of right now. But the purpose is to do this podcast. My purpose is to do this podcast because that's where I am right now. That's what I'm doing, you see. Even though it doesn't really feel like doing. Because I'm just walking and talking. I've tapped into the flow. So here it is. All I'm doing is paying attention to Mother Nature. Watching it. Being a part of it. And listening as my heart is communicating through my own breath and mouth voice so if we get too hung up on where we think we're going we can lose the present moment of awareness that would help us get there this is the double binder the paradox of really detaching from outcome but also understanding that you're simply aiming the present moment you're aiming your energy but you don't know where it's going to land it's like this in my time recently spent meditating and and unraveling the mysteries of the universe. Good morning. I've Good morning. Good morning. I've come across predictions. Things I feel will happen, but I'm not attached to them. Or you could say like if you went to a psychic or someone who's clairvoyant or whatever. And they gave you an intention or an expectation of what's going to happen. Now, we know not to grab onto the expectation. Not to attach to it. That it could simply be a direction in which you're supposed to go to learn something to go a different direction. Right? To pick something up on the trail that you need. Or... It could just mean to get your imagination running. I had this happen the other day where my heart said, you need to have a conversation with this person. And I was like, ugh, I don't want to have that conversation. But I sat with it, and I talked about it. And what it did was it expanded my awareness to notice that I was pushing something away. Because I had judged it as not a good thing or not ready, or I wasn't ready, or they weren't ready, or that it was going to be uncomfortable. So I judged it and I pushed it away. Morning. Morning. And so that judgment of it being bad and me pushing it away had excluded this person from the conversation that we were having. It wasn't, like, in real time. It was kind of like an ongoing conversation between people. And then just my heart saying, you need to include this person, got me ready to be like, okay, I need to do this. And then I checked in again with my heart, and it's like, no, no, no. It's not time for that yet. And I'm like, well, was this a test or something? No. It was to make you aware that you were excluding it. And now I had included, in my, my and my awareness had expanded to include this person. That it wasn't abnormal to have her, in my imagination, having these conversations with us. And so I bring it all back to say, that well, if we're listening to our heart fully, it's not that we're being tested. It's not that we're being pushed and prodded and poked it's it's a direction it's a compass to follow and to let to constantly let go of outcome means that even just like with my example you might not be having the outcome that you think right when when the heart says something simple like throw these shoes out or do this and do that right go clean right now Right, or maybe it's hey, reach out to this person and check in. Then your mind will start to wander into oh, if I'm checking in with this person, maybe they're gonna join me on my journey, or maybe they're this, or maybe it's that, and ooh, maybe I can ask them for this. Whoa, 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 whoa! All we said was reach out. Like, look how the imagination starts to run. Right? Look how it starts to make a story. Look how it starts to make meaning. Look how it starts to try to grab onto the future. My whole point of this is with a prediction or with a guidance or with seeing the next steps or even 10 steps ahead, you don't know the how of what's going to happen. To me, a prediction or an intuition about the future. Maybe it's tomorrow, maybe it's a year from now, it doesn't matter. It has its own purpose. That intuition, I'm sorry, that prediction has its own purpose that maybe isn't what you think. Like you get a prediction that a year from now you're gonna meet your true love or something. You have to ask yourself, why are you why are you hearing it now? First of all, we don't attach to it. It may or may not happen. And that's okay because everything is perfect, even if a part of us believes that it's not. But you have to understand, why did that come into your awareness now? It has its own purpose. Maybe you're like, oh, if my true love is coming, I better get my shit together. I better start working on letting go of all these limiting beliefs I have around love. I better start maybe getting myself, you know, looking at my body and in a little shape." Maybe I start to clear out some room. Maybe I gotta stop flirting with these people that don't, you know, have no, uh, you know, stop dating or flirting with these people that aren't my highest calling, that aren't my 10s for me, that aren't uh, my true love, right? So I can clear the way, right? You don't know why these things are coming, but they all have a purpose. And if we detach from the outcome that the true love has to come, even just the prediction that it's coming, could inherently move things in that direction. So why do I bring this up? Because what we're going to dive into today is where, is these, where are these intuitions coming from? How do we know they're coming from our heart? How do we know they're coming from our soul? How do we know they're coming from our inner guidance? Because remember, if you're not following your inner guidance, what are you following? The opponent is also playing a game with you. I say opponent sometimes i say guardian and i'll explain why or but the ego is what it's called or your patterning your programming the character the avatar that is you it's also got a part to play a role to play it also has its purpose Right. Money has a purpose, too, like I said. Money's purpose is to get you to your highest purpose. Money's purpose is to get you to your heart's calling. It's like the wind in your sails. That's all it's there to do. Brief side note, tangent, we're going to come back to this, though. I was having a discussion on a webinar I did on Saturday. of oh, this amazing person, and I might expand on this further later. This amazing person asked me if she just got a huge inheritance and she wanted to know what to do with it. And she's like, Well, I wanna, you know, protect it, so I gotta sit with a financial advisor, now I gotta learn investing, now I gotta do blah 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 blah. I'm like, Can't you just do nothing? What's stopping you from doing nothing with the money? And here's my point. Can we sit the money there until it tells us what to do? Because again, money's highest purpose is to get you to your highest purpose. Can you sit it there and wait until your path becomes clear? Right? Could you take a little bit of it, invest it in yourself which is another podcast I'll get into, maybe the next one we'll talk about leapfrogging, but invest a little bit in yourself to uncover your heart's calling so now you know what to do with the money. Why do I bring this up? Because if you knew that money's highest purpose was to get you to your highest purpose, then you would be spending money as it should be spent, in my opinion, On uncovering what that heart's calling, highest calling is. And to uncover what your heart's calling, highest calling is, you have to start to build a relationship with your heart. You have to start to build communication. You have to start to let go of the limiting beliefs that say the heart isn't wise. It doesn't know what it's doing. It always runs me into trouble or any other things like that. And here's what we're talking about. How do we know when the heart is talking versus the pattern, the program of the opponent? Well, let's start with feel again. The reason I always talk about Byron Katie's The Work This is not only because it's a simple yet profound, my favorite way to undo a limiting belief, but because it's all about feel. It's all about tapping into your emotional guidance system, right? If we say, in this instance, that, um, you know... With money, I have to learn investing, or I have to learn stock strategies, or I have to learn cryptocurrency, or how IRAs and 401ks work, or insurance policy products. Are they for investing, or are they not? What's an IUL? Blah, 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 blah. Like, excuse me, if you have to learn all of these things that don't excite you, the purpose is to protect money, which I just went off on a couple podcasts ago. Protecting it from your fears. But if you really understood that your, only, that your only job is to follow your highest excitement, to follow your heart, and that money's job was to help you do that, you wouldn't need to worry about protecting it from anything. right so you could find the limiting belief that says i have to protect my money and start to work with it with byron Katie's to work is that true you have to protect your money but then the next question after you the second question can you absolutely know that it's true no matter what you answered for the first one can you absolutely know that it's true that you have to protect your money then the third one is how does that feel when you believe that thought? And the purpose for this is you're tapping into your emotional guidance system. I have to protect my money feels it's like scarcity. Like it's I'm worried it's going to run out. So I'm worried. I'm afraid. I'm scared. That's how you know it's a false belief. With negative emotion is our heart's end indicator that we're believing false beliefs. That we have limiting beliefs and false programming. This is our lie detector, right? I have to protect my money feels bad because it's a lie. And the truth will never make us feel bad. The truth feels like truth. It resonates positively throughout your being. So, what we're learning is how to use our emotional guidance system. It is our flashlight through the darkness, our ultimate guide, our ultimate tool in the tool belt. So when we discern what we're listening to, when it comes to our inner guidance, it's all about feel. How does it feel? So you're really going to have to get in touch with those emotions and feelings. I look at feelings as just like a lighter emotion. Emotions like a strong smoke alarm, right? Emotions have the power to hijack your behavior. Where a feeling is kind of like hunger an hour before lunch, where it's just like a subtle, oh, yeah, I can sense that coming type of a thing. Or you could also say, and I've used this before too, where the feeling is like the feeling in your body. Right, so I'll say to people, you know, how does that feel in your body? Right, so like, um, there's never enough money might feel like a weight on the shoulders, or choking of the heart. You know, or um, like a hand around your throat, right? Or an unsettled in your stomach. Those could also be feelings, how they feel in your body. Anywho, We're going to use these as tools as we navigate through this. But here's the ultimate belief we're going to look at today. (sighs) The ultimate belief that causes so much confusion around where we're listening to, what we're listening to. The belief is God... Is outside of me. God is outside of me. Now, before we dive in and do the work on this, can you see just hearing that for me? I can tell that it's, I, I, there's a part of me that believes that it's true. Because I grew up think you know being taught this nonsense when we're young, right, we're told God is outside us. it's kind of like a Santa Claus figure in the sky that's invisible right that we pray to or send love letters to Christmas letters to in hopes that we're gonna have it around <laughs> those things that we pray for around <clears throat> around the tree Christmas morning, right. And if we don't get our prayers answered, it means we did something wrong, we didn't deserve, we were judged, we were bad. Or that God's dead, which is Nietzsche's famous line. Probably because he couldn't feel his own heart. But even even that, I'm not trying to judge, everybody has a perfect, everything is playing out perfectly. (coughs) I just assume that's the case. Which, of course, we know what happens with assumptions. So, going back, God is outside of me is the main belief system here. And what this does is it starts the chase to find God or to find God's grace. To find God's approval so that it will shower over you all the love and money you need. What it actually does is it creates space within you for the ego to take the throne. You see, when we're babies and infants, we don't have any illusion of separation from God. We are Source. We are unconditional love. We are the universe. We are an expression an extension of unconditional love. You know, in my analogies, we are becoming a wave on the ocean, so a unique expression, but of the ocean, of unconditional love itself, of our original nature of source. So this is why infants are fearless, right? They're completely loving, there's no racism, there's no sexism, there's no anyisms, Because there's no narcissism yet either. they you know, they, they put whatever in their mouth, they're curious about everything. They laugh easy, they forget instantly. They don't think about tomorrow or yesterday. They are God in this way tapped in to the four fundamental and five really fundamental laws of the universe that makes them god right they are one with all that is which is unconditional love they don't see other they don't they only see same right which is why they touch everything because this is They're playing within an illusion of separation that they've never experienced before. Or don't remember experiencing before. So they are one. That's the first law. They are one with everything. What's that? The enlightened master went to the hot dog stand and said, Give me one with everything. (laughs) Anyway. All right. So... (laughs) uh, That's the first law. The second law is... everything is here and now. Right? So they are completely in the now. They don't think about tomorrow or even ten minutes from now. They want everything now. And they are here because their imagination hasn't started yet. And usually in toddler phase, right? Infant and toddler phase. And then... Three, they will always exist. They don't understand death. They don't believe in death. It's not real to them. You even have infants who can talk, being like, "Oh, they'll just go back home to God. They'll back go back home to Source. They'll just wake up from the dream." Good morning. Good morning. The fourth is. They get out what they put back, right? law of attraction. The mere reality. So they love everything. They love on everyone. And they get tons and tons of love. We think it's because they're innocent. But they're more tapped into their original nature than not, right? They just love everyone. And everyone loves them in return. And of course... They roll with change until they, they they be like, I want this thing, and then no, and then they're mad, and then two minutes later they're a shiny butterfly, who cares, right, change. They're, they're constantly changing, moving. So, you see as an, an infant and a toddler doesn't have this lie implanted in them yet that god is with is outside of them they know they are source it's only later when this illusion of separation sets in and they're like i can't feel beyond my own skin which is why again they touch and everything put it all in their mouths like what this is weird i don't have control of these adult humans who are yelling at me. Right? Or saying no all the time. And so they start to develop the separation. They start to believe in the separation illusion. And then of course the adults tell them that God is outside of them somehow in the sky. How do we pull that one off? In a cloud in the sky. Was it because of the Sistine Chapel? It's so weird. And so. I mean, wouldn't it be more accurate to believe that God's invisible standing right next to you at all times? Like the footprints in the sand thing? Anyway, I'm not getting down that rabbit hole. So. <sighs> My point is this illusion is perpetuated by the belief system that God is outside of me. But what's underneath it, the root of that, is that I'm not God. right? When you peel back the end a little further and you say God is outside of me, I'm not God is what's underneath it. That's the theme. I have no power. I'm not source. But even just the smallest scrape at this house of cards brings it all coming down because there's no one who would dare argue that God is everything. Everything. All that is. It's it's another name for source. All that is. Even in the first law, everything is one thing. Everything you will ever experience is source. There's nothing to go get anything else from. You can't go outside of all that is to get something else as a foreign object. That's why I love that we call aliens aliens. They're not alien. They're alien to our earth. They're not alien to source. They are source, just like we are. Because nothing is outside of it. There's nothing outside of existence. Non-existence, by definition, doesn't exist. Right? This comes from Bashar. So, like, point being, the theme underneath God is outside of me is that I'm not God. But I am a part of all that is. I do exist. So by just common logic, common sense, then, you would say, I am God. Or if it helps to ease your ego, I am an expression of God, an extension of source, a leaf on the tree of God right? A wave on the ocean of all that is. A unique expression or extension of the creator of all things. So, if that suits you, then you stop and go, wait, okay, I'm a, I am part of all that is. I am God. Which means that this idea that God is outside of me is false. Because nothing is outside of me. It's only an illusion that anything is outside of me. It's just a mirror reflecting back what's inside of me. This is a mirror reality, which is why Like I said, the how is so fascinating to watch. When you have a prediction, when you have something you know is going to happen, it's like going to a movie. It's like seeing a movie preview. All right. I know that there's a new Avengers movie coming out, which I believe at this time it's that Rings one. Shin Chi or whatever. I might have butchered that name. Like I know the movie's coming out, but until you go watch the movie, you don't know how it's going to play out. The how is what's fascinating. Even if you know what's coming, even you know that everything is unconditional love, even though you know that you're going to be able to tap in and learn the abundance frequency and the wealth frequency and have everything you want attracted to, you know you're going to slowly let go of your ego. Slowly but surely, maybe not slowly, I don't know. Just all the thought comparison and contrast anyway. So you know you're going to let go of your ego, but you don't know how it's going to unfold. And that is the magic. That is what we sit here and watch. That's the game we play. That's why we go and watch the movie. We don't know how it's going to play out. We know that it's going to happen. We know that the hero is going to win here was you if you hadn't figured that out yet we don't know how nor do we want to know how that's the surprise so can you understand that there is a god part of you within you actually it's the opposite If you really want to go down this rabbit hole for people who are on the path of mastery. You are already what you want to become. You're already God. You're just pretending that you're not. And this belief system helps you pretend. It's just like Halloween. We're all dressed up in our egos. Our characters, our avatars, but underneath our children who know their God and know that they can just play this character for a day, or in this case a lifetime. And then when Halloween's over, we go home, take our costumes off, and we eat our candy, which is all the delicious experiences we gained by playing this role. So, in reality, you're already God. You're just pretending you're not. But, for those of us who are just on the path of beginning, can you understand that there's God, your heart is speaking to you, right? Your heart is on the mountaintop, looking at you through the valley, wandering through the valley, and we're listening for what it wants to do. And we're trying to discern between it and the opponent who is attempting to confuse us. But the first step is to understand that God is not outside of you. This gives root to the ego's game. It makes you the character. This is why religion has become outdated. Christ said it best, right? Lift a rock and I am there. Split a piece of wood and I am there. And if you really want to break it down, the I am was the way in which Christ talked about God, the Father or whatever. It's everywhere. It's in everything. It is everything. It is the illusion. Everything is made from unconditional love. That's all there is. You are it. I am it. That's all there is. So, you then are an expression of that thing and it's inside of you, talking to you. But because you believe it's outside of you, the communication is very faint. And only strongly pronounced when you're not listening to your emotions. You ever notice how your your emotions get louder and harder to deal with the more you don't listen to them this is what's called suffering right my boss at work and I don't get along because i think he's a jackass this is all hypothetical i don't have a boss <clears throat> I think he's a jackass and doesn't know what he's doing. Of course, that causes me extreme pain and my ego to try to be right. And then when he gives me something to do, I undermine him. I talk shit. I blah, blah, blah. And I wonder why my work life sucks. Well, A, you're not communicating what you're thinking and feeling. And you're not listening to yourself. What part of you wants to be right all the time? What part of you is inferior, feels inferior to him, or her, or your boss, or whatever in this hypothetical morning, feels inferior enough to try to tear that person down, to bring him down, or him or her down to your level? The only reason you would tear down anyone and anyone unless you saw in that person something you didn't like about yourself it's the only other reason you tear anybody down both of which are expressions of unconditional love trying to get you to wake up and your emotions that are when you think of your boss and you have all these heavy negative feelings it's because you have all of these limiting beliefs around that person. There's no emotion in a vacuum. Emotions are pointing you toward belief systems, especially negative ones. So instead of looking at, why do I feel bad every time I think of my boss, sitting with the feelings, you know, anger, frustration, arrogance, obviously. Sitting with those feelings, maybe even fear and worry that they're going to get fired or something, or that they're not going to listen to you or whatever. You're unseen, unloved. Sitting in those feelings and go, What do I need to believe about this situation in order to feel these feelings? Finding all the limiting beliefs and working with them one at a time, you suffer instead. Because you're not processing and the emotions get louder and louder and to what do you do to fix them? You quit your job. And then you wonder why the mere reality reflects back to you some other coworker at your next job or your next boss is the same way. Huh? Why is that? Because you never dealt with the belief systems. So the mirror has to keep reflecting it back to you. This is suffering. And now there's more pain, compounded by more trauma. Compounded by you trying to fix the illusion, fix the mirror, and wondering why it doesn't work. So, the belief, God is outside of me, is that true? Is that true? Can you absolutely know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God is outside of you? I can't know that to be sure. How does it feel when you think and believe that thought? Scary, judged, unseen, unloved, uncared for. I feel sad, small, forgotten, trapped. And who would we be without this thought? How would it feel in our body? What emotions would we experience if this thought was gone? Peace, presence, freedom, joy, love. See, this is how the emotional guidance system works. When you pinpoint the belief, truth will never make you feel bad. So the fact that the belief makes me feel bad means it's not true. The fact when you let it go, I feel free, the truth will set you free. That's what it means. When the truth invokes a feeling of freedom. So when you drop this lie, you feel free. Anytime you drop a belief and you feel free or expansive or relief that means it's the truth and you dropped a lie. So let's do a turnaround. God is, the obvious one is the double negative. God is not outside of me. Let's listen for this. God is not outside of me. I am God. I am source. Focused its awareness into a game. Forgotten all that came before the game, as to give it more realism. Because the more it's real, the more I can experience it as real. If I remembered the truth fully, I would see right through the illusion, and you wouldn't. Ex- I wouldn't experience all the heartache that come before all the loss. Right, the roller coaster of emotions. The game couldn't really hurt me at all if I remember who I am. This is how you take back the throne. Right? I'm not God, is that true? You do that one on your own. How does it feel to say, I'm not God? There's part of you might even feel justified, right? When you feel small, that's the ego. When you feel anger, that's the ego attaching. To an outcome, it thinks it's better than what's happening, which is what God wants, what your heart wants. Your heart is the projector of everything you see and experience. The God part of the soul, the God part, the highest mind, the God part within you or that is you is projecting this experience, it's projecting it through your consciousness. And so anything that you don't like or you don't prefer, that's there for you to understand, to discern, to learn from. But because we're listening to the mind that makes us feel bad, we get angry at it. That's not what I would choose for myself are you sure what if it woke you up wouldn't it be amazing what if you knew everything was happening for you how would you change and interact with this evolution then What if we drop this silly notion that our heart doesn't know what it's doing? Or that God doesn't know what it's doing? Like what part of us wants to be right over wants to be in harmony with reality? Can we listen from our heart. And feel our way through what we're hearing. So this is why I spend so much time understanding and talking about the ego's games. The part of you, the pattern, the opponent is trying to keep you in the game. It's trying to keep you identified as the small self. And if you believe that you're not God and you believe God is outside of you, it's going to be very difficult to hear when your heart is speaking, to hear when your soul is speaking, to hear that the God part of you is talking to you and directing you. Because even though the ego wants to take over the world, it also is scared to. So it'll keep you in a never-ending game. Of I want to be more than I am. But I don't want to change. Which quite obviously makes no sense. You would have to see you would need to evolve. To become more. Right? But it only wants you to evolve... In certain ways not others like it'll help you evolve skills that's a, that it's okay with because then it can grab on and say I'm better than someone else right for me my first skill really was an electrician and I became really really good at it because my ego loved to say I was a master electrician and was better than most I also loved to have a mastery of something over my peers because why? Because it feels less than the more we understand the ego's games, it's tricks, it's magic tricks, it's illusions that keep us in the game, the small game of living in scarcity, poverty where everything we can't even spend money without it judging us and saying we did something wrong right? We can't even make any money without thinking about how it's going to run out. The ego feeds off of your fears when you don't process them. Fear is just a way in which your heart and soul is communicating to you that you're believing false belief, but if you don't process them, it gives juice, gives fuel to the ego. The shame, the guilt that you feel It feeds it. Because now you're going to look to it to fix it in the mirror instead of going inside and letting go of the beliefs that cause the ego or the opponent to be in charge. You're going to look to fix the mirror. Right? Just like quitting your job because you hit your boss. I'm not saying you shouldn't if your boss is a tyrant or whatever, but... I'm just saying, if you don't, of course, create healthy boundaries, of course, enforce healthy boundaries, but if you don't fix the belief system that caused the mirror to reflect back to you in this way, a tyrant of a boss, you're going to find another one, because you believed that you deserve to be treated that way. So. Just work with these two beliefs and work on meditating until you can listen to your heart, even if it's just by feel. Just start to play with it. Start to talk to it. If you spent a lifetime or a decade or even five years, if you spent five years every day practicing, not all day every day, but every day practicing how to discern when your heart is talking versus how to discern when your ego is talking, you will become enlightened. Because enlightenment simply means to become awake. To become awake just means you're not believing the illusion. You can do whatever you want, what your heart wants, what excites you every day, instead of what you think that society wants or what, how to get conditional love from your parents or how to make everybody like you or <laughs> how do i get to this rainbow where everybody's happy you don't they've got to do that with their own ego and their own opponent that would block happiness right the way one of the ways one of the earliest tricks i learned that the ego was doing was to say when i get this then i'll be happy Meaning the external drives the internal. The outer physical fake mere reality is somehow in control of how I feel. No, that's backwards. And that's how you know the ego is playing with you. Playing chase, the game of chase. When you get to a million dollars, then you'll be happy and successful. Go chase that ball. That's the cure for all that ails you, not what's inside. Not to understand where happiness comes from. Not to understand that happiness is a feeling, an emotion. Not to understand emotions to better understand how to be happy. No, 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 no. Chase what I tell you to chase. Then I'll let you have this emotion. until so you go, who's talking to me? Who's saying that's a good idea? Who's saying that makes sense? Who's saying I have to do things I don't want to do in order to be happy? That doesn't make any sense at all. I'm gonna to have to do things that don't make me happy in order to get to places that do make me happy? What? That's like saying I'm gonna build a castle, build the Legos, but when it's done, it's gonna be built out of stone? What? How do you build happiness through unhappiness? How do you build enlightenment through the ego? How do you build security through fear-based belief systems that make you want to get secure from the beliefs that are in your head? I have to get to security because I feel insecure. How is that possible? Think about that. How is it possible to be insecure and scared and worried and then make decisions based in that fear and insecurity and worry that will somehow get you to non fear based and secure, worry free beliefs. That doesn't make any sense. But that's what the ego will do. That's what it does. It hooks you into lies, built on more lies, built on more lies. And you wonder why you never get there. We wonder why we never fully figure out how to make money and wealth stick. How to make it come and then how to make it stay. Because we are the ones keeping it away, but we're also the black hole that can never be filled by it. Believing that you're not God, believing that God is outside of you, creates a God-sized hole within you that you can never fill with sex, money, drugs, homes, cars, things, not even people. Right? How many social workers do I know that think that all their good acts are somehow going to finally pay off? If you are not enjoying the act of service to people, that in and of itself is enough reward. If you don't enjoy it, you're never going to. It's never going to pay off. This is why me... And what I channel from source is telling you to follow your highest excitement at all times. Because when you create whatever you're going to create, if it's born of highest excitement, it's going to make more excitement. You get to do what you love to do every day. And the money as its purpose will be there. Your purpose is what's in front of you. And your heart's calling is the direction in which you're going, unattached to how it looks. And the more you do that, the more you follow that highest excited feeling. And anytime anything comes in your experience that you do not prefer, and anytime there's a negative emotion, you stop and say, what do I have to believe about this situation? In order to feel these feelings or to have the mirror reflect back to me what I don't prefer. And you sit with all of those thoughts and beliefs and go, is that true? This is how you start to realize the truth of who you are. Or, I should say, this is how I did it. You don't have to do it this way. These are my breadcrumbs. I'm leaving for you. Take them or leave it. What if. The only thing you have to do. Is remember who you are. What if the only thing you have to do. is to play the game inside of you against your opponent that would stop you from feeling good all of the time isn't that what you want the money for anyway isn't that what we want anyway everything that we want in life is to make us feel good so then good feelings are our ultimate motivation so why are we not learning by going inside, what's stopping us from feeling good all of the time? And if you say, I can't feel good all of the time, that's just delusional. That's your opponent talking. How does that feel to think that? How does it feel? think that you have no guidance and no help most people are already aware of the war inside of them this courageous heart that is fearlessly wants to love everything and everyone and chase chase is not the right word go toward its highest excitement regardless of money or Family or work or any of that shit it's like no I'm going and then there's the logical part of us that makes us believe that it's logical but it's not that says you can't do that who do you think you are no one's going to help you you're going to fall flat on your face you're going to fail what I'm here to tell you is first of all how does that feel That's how you know it's bullshit. And second of all, that's the ego's purpose. The ego's purpose, your opponent's purpose, is to get you to your highest purpose, to get you to your heart's calling. And it does it in a way that's negative, as to strengthen you, like lifting weights. But if you believe it and you agree with it, Then you're not going to get anywhere you're going to stay stuck trapped and small and at the end of this life you'll get all the delicious treats from that game because there's no wrong way to do this there's just one way that makes you suffer or really an infinite number of ways that make you suffer and one way that will turn you back into your God Self while still in the game. One way that will make you wake up within the dream and create a lucid dream, and that is following your heart. Listening, checking in, being present, feeling through everything. This is the way. At least the way I'm going and the way I have found. And I'll tell you right now, I am happier than I've ever been in my entire life. I feel more love than I've ever felt. And I see more expressions of that love every day. So no matter what you do, know that you are unconditionally loved at all times, no matter what. I appreciate you. I appreciate you listening giving me your time and attention for this long. We are different kids at the same daycare center. (sighs) Different bees in the same hive. My unconditional love to you, my friends. Remember, everything is okay. Everything is okay. Everything is okay. You're okay. You will always be okay. If you want to be. And the part of you that says that you're not is is also perfect and trying to help you in its own way. journey my friends good game